Um, but yeah, so you had that Altima. Um, you drove the GTR day before or yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Um, we can talk about that. I recently watched a video by Donut where they drove every single skyline. Um, oh, I can you paraphrase his thoughts on the 32? Because magical, I mean, it's yeah, you oh. know, just you know, where wait, which this is the, you always have to ask this when someone drives an old Nissan, whether it's a 240 or a 32 or whatever, or a 30, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like how, what, which 32, whose 32 did you drive? Like, did he, I mean, it's Donut, did he just get Nissan's heritage? No, it was definitely someone because it had like wheels and shit on it. Um, oh, okay. So it was so just it, they, they got yeah. from someone. Okay. Probably yeah. someone in their community that had one. It wasn't one of those before. like uh, ridiculous built by mines. No. Mods. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, I would say like the mods and stuff, whatever was on it was pretty tame. It wasn't anything yeah. like super insane. Well, I mean, the, the one I drove was the exact same thing. He did say, and you could kind of smell it, just a scotia. Mm-hmm. Um, he did say that there was a hole in the catalytic converter. <laughs> nice, nice. But he pay, he pay, he passed smart, so it's fine. Hey, it's all that matters. <laughs> the car state of Colorado uh, is legal. <laughs> yeah, but uh, he watched, or I mean, I watched a video that they made, and it was really cool. Um, they also had a a different car that was in there that wasn't actually a Skyline, um, but it was after the R thirty. Let's just. One, was, I forget what it was. Anyways, it was a really cool video. Um, but one of the things that I thought was really interesting <laughs> is because you drove that. You also had the Z last year, um, mm-hmm. which you really, really liked, and we talked about that mm-hmm. quite a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, so I just think it's it's so funny because you know they also had the R thirty five, obviously at the very end because they drove the Skyline from every single generation. They had the mm-hmm. R thirty five in there, and they're like, "Jesus Christ, this thing is a fucking monster," you know. Uh, and even right. now, I mean, it's still insane, even though it came out in two thousand nine. I think is when the R thirty. You know, the guy out. whose Nissan I drove was telling me like the exact same thing, because uh, he had an R thirty five at one point, and mm-hmm. he was like. Because I was, I we were just swapping stories, and I was talking about the McLaren GT that I drove. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, uh, you know, just someone being nice, and you know, I was like, it just totally recalibrates your sense of speed when something that new is able to carry that kind of speed. Yeah, you know, and it it almost doesn't feel like re- it's really like almost disconcerting because it's so. Um, those cars get shit for being video games. They are thirty fives, but like. The McLaren was like having aimbot on. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> so well, especially that one that of all of the McLarens, especially that one. Well, and that's the that's the the chill one, right? Right. Um, and they all like feel like that, and the GTRs I think probably feel a lot more analog now. Like the thirty fives probably feel. Kind oh of yeah, like I mean they're super outdated. I mean, the interior. Yeah, but now it's almost like they've looped back. That's the fucked up thing about the R35 production cycles. They've almost looped back around 
Yeah. 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 Like they, they, the first few model years have gone through a full depreciation cycle where they bottomed out at like 40. Yeah. And now they're kind of on their way back up. And then Mm. they're still making the new one while they're at it. And then now we're back at like them being kind of having circled around and appreciating it and them being kind of like cool and older and a little bit analog (laughs) and not what Clarkson said they were. Yeah. And and like so many other cars have reached that point. Yeah. And it's been a totally different car at the 2023 production date than it was at whatever the 2010 was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I thought was what I was thinking about today and I was thinking a little bit about it yesterday after you and I talked about when you drove the GTR is, you know, the GTR didn't come out that long ago. I mean, it's not insane, you know, plus they're still making it. But, you know, the Z is obviously very new, um, and it was insane. And it's just so weird to me that Nissan makes these two absolutely fucking insane cars, but the rest of their lineup is filled with Uber. Like, yeah, it's just so it's so weird to me. And, you know, what it, what what I was thinking and just hear me out. This is going to sound insane at first, but Nissan needs to take the Porsche route. So in 2000, I'm hearing you out. I... <laughs> in, in, in the early 2000s, Porsche was in a very or the 90s, was in a very terrible financial situation. Correct. And what they did is they made the Cayenne. Or not the Cayenne. The, uh, yeah, the Cayenne. Yeah. Boxster. Well, they made the Boxster Cayenne, was- their SUV, which solved their bankruptcy issues, right? But then they still kept, they made the Boxster. They made the Cayman. They obviously kept the 911. They made the 911s even more and more insane. They brought in the GT3 from, what was that? Like the 996 GT3, which was fucking insane. Um, You know, and they kept doing that. But the whole time they had, I mean, the Cayenne is a super nice SUV. They've brought in the Macan, also a very, very nice SUV that has sold pretty well. I mean, I see Macans quite a bit. I don't, and they're good to drive. They're good to drive. Dri- They've made performance the versions. And they're, yeah. yeah, they have no right. I, the Cayenne's got like that too. But yeah, I mean, early Macans off the rip, kind of early GTSs with the PDK are just kind of out of the box, fast as shit. Yeah. They feel like big rally cars. Yeah. I mean, the Macan is like that nice sweet spot where it's like, it's fairly low to the ground for what kind of car it is. Fairly, I mean, it's not that low, but you know, <clears throat> it's obviously got you know good handling and shit like that. You know, especially if you get into, like the GTS and all those the other upper trim, definitely gets really yeah. sick. But like Nissan clearly has <clears throat> the engineering or the engineers to make fucking insane cars because they've oh, been. You're doing saying it. they need to work backwards. Correct. That's where this is going. The problem is, is that they keep creating they. They juxtapose themselves with their own car lineup because on the one hand, you have these cars that reviewers and a lot of people really, really like in the Z and the GTR. The GTR is aging, so it's not as much of the GTR anymore. But in general, I would say most people, the GTR is on a lot of people's dream car lists, you know, whatever. 
the Z, you know, maybe, you know, it's a very, a lot more affordable. So a lot of people will probably buy it if they're in that market. I, and I see a lot of people that just want it. Yeah. I like the only other car that I have driven were barring the McLaren. Cause that wasn't a loan. Yeah. Uh, or, well, okay. Neither was the R32, but I'm about to make the point anyways, cause this is my show, yeah. um, our show. Um, <clears throat> You know, the only other car that I've driven that was as much of a fucking dude magnet as the Nissan Z. And granted, this was pre-release, pre-production. They mm. weren't out on the street yet. Every time someone saw this car, it was the first time they'd seen it, etc. Yeah. The only other car that was like that, that was such a fucking dude magnet, was the R32. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's just like, a, it's an icon, um, you know? Yeah, done. And the that, crazy and like, thing is... And that's verbatim what at least three people said to us. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it was an icon in motorsport. I mean, it's an icon in the street community. You know, it's a huge, I mean, especially now that they're, that you can buy them in the U S you know, they're pretty easy to find yeah. if you wanted to get one, you wouldn't have to, you know, go crazy to find one, but that's what Nissan needs to do because the problem is, is you have the GTR or whatever in the Z, which, you know, are loved by enthusiasts. But then you have on the other side of their lineup is like, the Altima, which you had, which I don't think is necessarily a bad car. It was pretty nice on the inside. I think it was probably yeah. relatively comfortable. I thought it was pretty fucking slow. I didn't think it was very exciting. And that was just me. I didn't really like it that much. Um, I would never buy one. And I don't think they're asking a low enough amount for me to even consider buying one. Well, um, that one, the thing about that one was it was pretty hard, uh, pretty high up the the model hierarchy for the Ultima. Yeah. Uh, and I talked about this a little bit, uh, you know, in the, in the review that I had done for it. And I don't, well, I don't want to scoop. Actually, I don't care if I scoop myself because uh, <laughs> <laughs> for reasons we discussed earlier, I yeah. don't care if I scoop myself on this one. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, like the, it was third. I got the Monroni right here. Hold on a minute. So it's 36, 440. There's like there's yeah. something like 19 permutations of this car between trim level and driven yeah. wheels, which is how they split it. It's front or all wheel drive. This one was a front wheel drive uh, VC turbo model, which is like the sportiest one you can get. Mm -hmm. um, which that was the thing that I took issue with. You said it wasn't even that fast, and I said that it shouldn't even be called the sporty one for a lot of other reasons. Yeah, most of them fiduciary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I mean, like. It's thirty. It's thirty six four forty. Having driven the admittedly smaller Civic Si, yeah, it's absolutely a no brainer that Honda gives way more of a shit about how that drives. And the fast Civic is obviously kind of a quote unquote halo car for them. Yeah, um, that they have stupidly stopped manufacturing the NSX. Yeah, yeah, um, right. <clears throat> you know, like barring that, like that's. Twenty nine nine hundred. If you get the HPDE package or the HPE package, HPD, the, I think it's HPD. HPD because it's on yeah. performance development. Yeah. yeah, and that's the sticky tires yep. and, and maybe the upgraded wheels, and that's it. They're yeah. twenty nine nine out the door all day. Yeah, and I think they're starting to sell at that now. Now that the hype yeah. has calmed down or whatever. Well, no, because you remember the story I told you about going to the Honda dealership with my dad. No, no. Oh, okay. So for context, uh, my dad has sold me his GTI. Um, mm -hmm. I'm now selling it. Another story for another time, hopefully. Mm -hmm. um, that aside, he's now looking for his midlife crisis car. Um, 
you know and he was like what do i do you know yeah. he's six foot he's six and a bit and so i was like oh like you know you wouldn't fit in some stuff mm-hmm. you know, he's like oh what about that gr86 you had and i was like i don't know if you're gonna fit chief yeah because i was I banging so. my knee on the bulkhead when i was getting out of it yeah you can get um, the uh scat pack that you have yeah yeah like 392s yeah i was like you could be that guy you could yeah. just uh, right. you could stick with your generation and get a mustang and be happy but he uh was with me when i got the loan on the si when we were out in la so staying with my uncle yeah um and he really liked that car mm-hmm. and it's fast enough for him he kind of scares himself if he drives something too fast he's like i shouldn't be driving that <laughs> um because like his first car was a fucking 68 fj cruiser or something right like some slow yeah, shit it has it like a 90 horsepower. fj cruiser with a four speed yeah right like right. it was carbureted right <laughs> yeah <laughs> that says all you need right there yeah but we walked into a honda dealership and we're kind of like poking around and he walks up to the lady at the desk and he's like i want to buy a honda civic si right now and they were and they said and i quote ha <laughs> This was uh, a month ago, so maybe the hype hasn't died. Oh, out, is what oh that is okay. Yeah. I, I was going to be my next I, question is how recent the point was stands. This? Yeah, the point stands. Yeah. They will be not ridiculous money at some point in the very near future. I think because the SI the next... they'll build as many as they can build. Yeah, although I will say the last gen SI has maintained its value. Uh, really, yeah, really, yeah, because well. I kind of was looking at one of those as a replacement for the GTI. Yeah, those things have even now that the new SI is out, those things have maintained their value, right? But circling well. back to Nissan, Honda actually is a great point of someone doing it the other way from what you're talking about with Porsche, where they have built up from the economy car rather than down from the Halo product. Yeah, and I can't remember who I was listening to that said this, it might have been, oh, it's Gordon Murray. Mm. Um, I wasn't talking to Gordon Murray. We'd be yeah, that would be the show if I yeah. did. Um, yeah, but I was listening to Gordon Murray on somebody's show. Sorry, sure. maybe it was Intercooler or somebody else. Um, and he said, you know, it's so much easier. He was talking about starting GMA, his car company. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, oh, it's so much easier to start a car company with a Halo product than it is to go up. Yeah, from a Nissan Altima, for example. Right. Right. So I think there's certainly logic in what you're saying. I think that if they worked backwards, at the very least, their transmissions might be a little bit nicer. Yeah. Because we both did not like the CVT and the Altima. Well, the funny Um, thing is, is that despite a lot of Nissan's uh, mistakes and just their overall, I think, decline as a brand in terms of quality and... Uh, styling and just yeah. overall design and engineering. Which, which for, for a point of fact, I, I kind of think that they're on the way back up. I think they are as, as well. a matter of record. Yeah. I, I do too. And that's what I was about to say is despite all of the things that they've had, you know, with Carlos gone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all that <laughs> stuff. A lot of people still really, really like Nissan and, you know, especially in the enthusiast community, um, you know, and just people, I mean, you see them fucking everywhere, you know, there's, well, and we're seeing a lot of Japanese brands lean into that. Yeah. Look at Toyota right now. Look at Honda to a lesser degree right now. Yeah. A lot of Asian brands, Hyundai, yeah. N, right? Hyundai is a great example of a brand yeah. that turned it around. Because I remember... Well, not even turned it around, but started to lean into their enthusiasts as a means of bringing other buyers into the brand. 
Yeah. I saw for the first time, I think it was yesterday, or it was the day before yesterday, it was on Saturday. I saw, because um, they had that Elantra end now, you know, with the fucking, you know, spoiler. I've and, seen like two ever. So I didn't see the end, but I saw one. It's, I'm sure it's like the just below the end. That's you know? what I mean. The end line. Yeah, they have an probably. End line that's, you know, it's like the R r line or s line s line right Volkswagen. right yeah you know or it's like the the m240 or the m34 you know it's like just those things Too are less, fucking yeah, yeah, insane yeah. but like yeah s line whatever but i saw it's probably like the end line but it still had the crazy spoiler or whatever you know but it's not it's not the end and that's the thing that a halo car does or something like that is it excites people into a lineup that they probably wouldn't have ordinarily have been interested in because of one car, but then they quickly realize that they have financial limitations that can't get them the car that they want, but there's something just below it or maybe a little bit below it that they can't afford, and then that brings them in, you know. And Nissan yeah. has none of that. I think they've tried. You know, they had the... uh In the early the, 2000s, they certainly did. They had know, the that. Nismo Juke for a little bit. Right. right. Well, and the, what was that VQ motor in? like everything oh yeah it was i think that in layman's terms at least it may be prohibitively expensive to work backwards and that porsche kind of lucked into working backwards because you know you made the point about the cayenne but realistically it was the boxster that really pulled them out of the mud until they were able to get the cayenne going and then things continue to accelerate from there the boxsters oh sure that saved porsche um at least if you look at sales yeah over your cars yeah litter, oh, i'm really not saying i'm not saying it was the cayenne oh the cayenne yeah. was like the sole savior Explosive but thing, it was yes. a huge component right. to them you know uh resolving a lot of their financial issues along with but to, yeah. to use the boxer as an example i you know like i'm kind of in the market what you know like people throw 996 suspension on there the s the boxer s's the 986 yeah. to, uh, that's 99 to 04 for you non-porsche people um is you know, the S models from that range have 911 brakes. Yep. Uh, they have 911 cooling. It's the same Metzger air-cooled engine. Wait, don't quote me on Metzger. It's the same M-series air-cooled motor. Um, you know, like Porsche was able to kind of trickle down a lot of that yeah. stuff. And it's and Nissan tried that, right? The VQ yeah. was derived directly from, I think it's the same VQ code. It's yeah. in that first generation of GTR, you yeah. know? And I think they may have done it slightly differently because technically they had the VQ engine and the, uh, you know, whatever, the, the 315, 370s before they did the GTR, yada, yada. Yeah. They were yeah. developed at roughly the same time. So the argument could still be made. Yeah. You know, and I think that maybe they're kind of trying to do it again. I think they're slowly the starting theory. to get there. I think the problem is, is like when they made the, the Nismo Juke and then they had a, I think they had a Nismo Ultima at one point, kind of in that same, I guess, era, like 2013-ish, they had one. Um, the problem is, and I think the early Challengers were a really good example of this, um, but they they definitely brought some of their performance, but they brought no uh, good build quality. So those interiors were fucking terrible. Yeah, they're garbage. If or you... at the very least, they haven't aged well. Because oh, definitely not. Closure, I, I don't know when the last time you sat in the seat was, but it was brand new when I sat in the last seat. Yeah, I was in. yeah. 
Yeah, and you know, I mean, you and I talked about the uh, Z's, the um, the three seventy, and I told you because we were playing Forza, and I was like, I would, I love the way he's look. I'd love to own one, but I couldn't. Oh yeah, handle the interior. I couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you can buy them for relatively cheap. There's, um, they're like base boxed or money. They're like fifteen yeah, grand for a good clean one. There's unlimited tuning. And we can potential. say that because we don't influence the market. Right. Doug. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Doug. <laughs> I'm not going to bring up any E60s because I want to keep yeah. them low. Yeah. That's why I'm not going to talk. Yeah, we're done talking about Porsche Every boxes. time he does like a top 10 cars list video or top 17 because he always I, picks I like a weird them. number. I'm yeah, like I'm, clinching. I'm like, please do not yeah. take a fucking E60, dude. Nothing. <laughs> not the e46 don't go back to that you yeah get the video, come on you got your clicks shut yeah up. just shut up man <laughs> keep it under wraps now the the saving grace with the e60 is that the uh the problems are so expensive They're, that even yeah massively unreliable. yeah it's so unreliable that so many people don't even want to touch it because it's more of a it's more of a headache than it's really worth probably Listen, you learn how to do bmw rob ranks once solve a lot of problems for yourself oh there's so but that engine's so fucking complicated right that's why you need to work up what you should do yeah. is buy an e46 m3 and do the rod bearings yourself and then buy an e9 series m3 and do them again and then by the time you get to the e60 and you've probably eaten two motors of the on your yeah. own three times yeah you yeah. won't fuck up the really really expensive one right right <laughs> but um there's probably parts on there that say sauber somewhere oh i'm sure oh i'm sure I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Nissan is just, it's just so weird to me because I feel like they could be, you know, especially with how expensive Toyotas have gotten recently. I was, I was, I was on stream the other day and I was looking at fucking minivans. Don't ask me how we got into that, but I was looking at minivans on Toyota's website. Uh, minivans, to be fair, historically have been expensive. They have, but I was just looking on their website or whatever, and just in general, I mean, and inflation is a part of it, but, you know, Toyota, I mean, Toyotas are nice, like, they're super reliable, obviously, you know, that's Toyota's thing, but I'm not sure that they're really worth the money that they're asking. It's starting to get, to me at least, it's starting to get to a point where I would deal with some of the fucking mechanical issues to not pay the Toyota tax. Yeah. You know, the what, four, well, what is, what is the, what were you looking at? What is the Toyota? I mean, the forerunner is a really good example. I think uh, the yeah, forerunner is outdated as fuck. They haven't updated it since 2013. Um, and a TRD pro right now. I mean, if you're buying from a dealership, which, you know, I, I think supposing you is, can get one from a dealership, they're, it's fetching 60, which is 10, 10 grand over asking, you know, Toyota's, Actually, I, I wrote a news story about that. Cause there's a group of people that got sick of getting marked up on this. Cause Toyota doesn't do anything about markups. Yeah. No, they don't care. Um, and there was a group of people that had like a shit list of yeah. all of the dealers across the country. You know, it was on some forum. It was like gen five, forerunner forum.net.org. You know, yeah. Whatever. Um, and it was like a shit list of all of the dealers that were like asking dumb money and someone would be like, oh, there's what's that really good green that they do? Oh, it's like a line. I don't know. It has it's some weird fucking name. Irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. that limey one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they were like, there's a this color TRD Pro in Denver and they want, you know, $46,000 for, you know, or $46 billion for yeah. you know, what is, you know, a $52,000 sticker car or something like that, you know? Yeah. 
Well, and it's just crazy. Like I was even looking at their Sienna, which is their minivan. Like I went on uh, Auto Tempest and just looked it up. Even those are going for over sticker. Like if you want like a high trim one, you know, not obviously like the TRD Pro, but like you know, it's couple you know four or five six grand in some cases over sticker for a fucking minivan you know like that's for a family dude that's not for some fucker who wants to go off-roading on the weekends you know that's for like somebody with kids you know so you know to me i think that potentially if nissan were to play its cards right i think that it it's in a very unique position where it could take back some of the market share because of how some of the other Japanese auto brands have, uh, you know, left kind of a sour taste in people's mouths. And I think Toyota is a pretty good example of that. Yeah. I, I mean, that is at the very least how their pricing is laid out. Yeah. This is you know, the, the, uh, Ultima that I drove, um, you know, is dollar for dollar better equipped and a little bit cheaper than Toyota. Mm-hmm. And typically, you know, the best thing that, people can do when they kind of get into that position or brands can do not people is it's a tightrope walk but yeah. they have the advantage of of sharing with Renault where you know Toyota doesn't really share with I mean, Lexus sure but yeah it's all right. Toyota still they have the advantage of being in a larger automotive group not unlike Volkswagen and I think yeah. that if they're able to consistently match or be under other competition in that vein people eventually are going to kind of forget the memes about ultimas and start buying them oh for sure well no, I, I mean year over year they have increased their sales pretty significantly over yeah. the last three years yeah i mean i see those ultimas all the time i mean like the styling i, I think looks fine i mean I, again i wouldn't buy it it's not for me but there are plenty of people out there who are in that price point you know especially some of the lower ones you know that they have good tech you know the seats are comfortable enough i think you know yeah for what the they're one, asking the one thing that that didn't have going for it because the tech was new that now that you bring that up was the you wrote a dash camera yeah their cameras are really ass uh toyota's the same way though i don't know if That's, you've ever yes, you've been in a yeah. fucking toyota recently but they're uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're bad yeah uh subaru same they're fucking terrible true they're true awful yeah. i think they fixed it on the new wrx but i think that's the only car they really updated it for um but yeah because they have the new starlink system and some yeah. of the higher end rex trims now yeah and i think like some of the like the super high-end like outbacks and like what's the outback one that's like also an off-roader uh what's it called that's like some the weird... outback wilderness is it wilderness is that okay. what you're talking about i was gonna it's say like badlands but i was like that's the bronco that's... Nope. yeah <laughs> yep. yeah uh and then i think the forester but you have to pay a lot of extra money to get that um or, what, you know, uh, wilderness? No, no, no. The, just to get the Starlink, because you have to get a high enough uh, trim to get it, and then it might yes. even be an additional add-on on top of getting that. Trim. Yeah, I mean, well, to, and you know, again, in the interest of disclosure, the Nissan had the upgraded. That's not their new infotainment is not standard, but it is the non-standard infotainment. The upgraded one is, boy, is it? Yeah, it's upgrade. It's the way you used it in the Z. Yeah, um, yeah. Yes, I mean it's that. Same it was fine. Was it wasn't the, the greatest it, necessarily, but I think it no, know, but it works. It does the job, right? Yeah, it you works, know. and that's really at that price point. That's kind of all that has to do is just function. And yeah. really, to be totally honest, CarPlay just has to work because that's yeah. all people want, man. For sure, 
That's I mean, all anybody wants. That's I all have, I want. Like, I buy a bunch of old German dumb shit, and, like, I don't modify my cars, really. And the one thing that I want is phone connectivity. Because yep. it's just an irreplaceable part of our lives now. Yeah. I mean, in my escape, you know, that Ford Sync shit sucks. Do I care? Absolutely not, because I plug my phone and I use yeah. CarPlay. I don't exactly. care. It can be awful. I, As long as I can get you know uh carplay i don't care yeah I don't. yeah so. ar- i mean arguably if your infotainment is too involved i'm going to use the eqs as an example here it's like it can be annoying to use carplay because you just like i maybe and maybe this is just me because it's my job to be a little picky and like uh semantic but you know like when i i drove the eqs and did the range test you mm-hmm. know like it it was I used the factory nav because I wanted their range estimation software and to test that. But the brief moments where I did use Android Auto, the the one I used had the hyper screen in it, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is like the size of a small moon, but the Android Auto didn't fit on it, so it looked really slapdash. Yeah. Yeah. It literally, it looked like someone had slapped Android Auto on the <laughs> dash. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that screen was fucking massive. It's yeah. It's like that's the other thing. That's the great thing about the new Nissan infotainment is it's not like way up here. Yeah, it's it's low enough that it's kind of not super distracting. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to just keep riffing because my headset is beeping at me and I'm searching frantically for oh. a cable. Oh, is it out now? It's it's beeping. Um. um so all I've got to do is is keep talking while I <laughs> look for a cable. Because I'm very calm and level about it because the show must go on. Yeah, right. But yeah, oh, I don't know. I just think that um I think that I, I would love to see um, you know, Nissan really make a comeback over the next, you know, I'd say five to ten years, I think is doable. Um, you know, uh, the other thing I was gonna bring up is especially with Toyota, I think Mazda is also in a fairly similar situation. Um Lexus as well. Uh, I think Honda, you might have to correct me on that one when I get into it, but um, none of them have positioned themselves particularly particularly well in the EV market. Um, Toyota? Yeah, they all have their own different reasons for it, of course. Yeah, Toyota? I mean, Nissan has the Aria. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Nissan is included in this. I mean, they, they, I don't think they've really done anything very well so far or anything groundbreaking, but yeah. the only one that's really done it is Hyundai. You know, the car of the year was that fucking, uh, Ionic five, um, which, yeah. you know, is cool. You know, uh, Kia has, you know, the EV six, which I really liked personally. Um, you know, but you know, Nissan, you know, if again, if they play their cards, right. And they're able to develop a really nice electronic powertrain um, and figure out how to make a proper interior, then, you know, and they can do it before Toyota, Lexus, and, you know, the rest of those, you know, Asian brands get on it. I think that they could potentially position themselves to be in a much better, you know, position in the next five to 10 years. Yeah. I mean, I, I will have to. Let's just look at MSRP for MSRP here. Because, uh, you know, obviously Nissan has got the Aria now. Um, and Toyota has the BZ4 Alphabet Suit. Yeah, which is um, the worst fucking name. The worst name. I I think, I really think that internally they just kind of did that because they had to to sell cars. 
I really, and that's why they did it mm. with Subaru. I really just think that Toyota really, I mean, they've said it before. Akio has said, you know, like, well, I don't want to do EVs because I don't think that's the solution. And that's an entirely different conversation. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's Toyota's <laughs> position on it. And I'm not going to get into whether or not I agree or disagree with it because that's a much larger, more nuanced conversation for later. But yeah. Nissan has decided to develop Renault is all in on EV because of yeah. what's going on in Europe with, with, I mean, and I think Ukraine has exacerbated it oh, without sure. getting too deep into this. They have kind of been led there maybe by Renault or maybe it was Nissan's idea. I I'm not privy to that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think that they're, they are going to probably end up ahead in the next several years of Honda, Toyota, uh and their respective sub brands because at subaru because yeah subaru even developed Renault or because yeah the the soltero which is the bc4 alphabet oh okay gotcha it's platform yeah it's it's gotcha. um it's based on some sort of uh, generic skateboard yeah. architecture that the right. two of them have built egmp i think that's toyota i don't uh, know i have no idea don't quote me there because i know that's wrong yeah um but, I mean, like, regardless, I mean, the BZ, let's find out, is how much. Um, sure. Let's see what car and driver's I thought it was like 40. On here. I thought it was somewhere around there. So, Arya's 43. Okay. BZ4 is, God, got eaten alive in their review, too. Yeah. I watched, uh, I watched Doug's. See, this is the pricing hierarchy I was talking about. Arya's 43. BZ4, 49.95. 50 grand <laughs> yeah that's but that's car and driver's quota base for uh for the limited although hold on a minute did they do what they normally yeah okay sorry let's start again bz4 msrp 43 335 mm. so the nissan is $200 cheaper give or take Oh, okay. But what trim of the Nissan is that? Is that base? That's, those are, that's base. That's base for oh, base. Oh, base yeah. to base. I, oh, fucked up the, okay. I fucked up the first time because okay. Car and Driver will post their their uh, as tested for the trim they got at the very bottom, which as uh, you yeah. know from yep. the press fleets is yeah. usually a, a pretty yeah, it's up pretty there. high up there. Yeah. I I personally I love it when OEMs send out base cars for us. Really? Yes. I can't remember who also made this point, but someone else made this point. This is not an original thought because no human experience is truly original. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But, Fair enough. But, but like someone, maybe it was Doug. I don't know. Somebody made this point or Matt or somebody. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the other podcasts that we listen to, um, there are people that we listen to and, you know, like none of, it, it's good to get to test the base one because if you think about it for more than four seconds, right? If you send me like, the, I, I had to work backwards. You remember that GL, whatever I got, the GLB. Yeah. Yeah. Blue I one. do remember it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember how loaded that thing was? I, uh... I, sorry. I'll stop asking you rhetoricals. It was loaded. It oh, it was? I thought it shit. wasn't really that loaded. No, it had the AMG shit. It had wheels. Oh, that's it had right. upgraded interior. It, it had paint. Yeah, it had a bunch of stuff on it, and it was like kissing the mid fifty range, fifty yeah. to fifty five. And I was like, "This is way too expensive for the competition." But yeah. if you take a lot of that stuff off, that most people don't really need, especially yeah. the AMG this stuff, because that's not a sporty. It's not a Macan, dude. Like it's right. just 
you know, it's if you have two kids and you need all-wheel drive and you want a Mercedes, done. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're the average consumer, that's as far as the math should go. And it ended up being extremely competitively priced. I was shocked at how competitive. Yeah, because didn't you get it was. down to like forty-eight? Once 40, you like, yeah, I got it removed under, all the AMG. Yeah, shit. I took a bunch of that stuff off. Because a lot of it was just like cosmetic. It wasn't anything important. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I like it when they send out some of the base stuff. Because I had to work backwards from that. And if I weren't doing due diligence and I were just you know crapping out reviews for yeah. some outlet, um, you know, like I was when I got that car, like, dude. I would have, I, you know, I could have just totally missed that shit all over them for it and moved on. And maybe a PR rep would have gotten to me, yeah, you know, and gotten my no-name review at my no-name outlet and gone, hey, man, like, you know, if we remove some of this stuff that we really just put on you to see what's available on the vehicle, it's actually fairly competitively priced. Had I not done that and gotten there myself, mm-hmm. yeah. like, that's, I, I mean, the Z. Yeah. Z the, was Z the, same was lo- way. the Z was loaded up, and I'm glad it was because it had the diff. Yep, that was a very important mechanical change in a car. With it a didn't it, it had something else though too. It had some other little things. Yeah. Okay. Um, it had paint. That blue was extra. It was that paint. Oh, was I'm really sorry. I don't know why. We're Give me three seconds. It's still here. Oh, the Menroni. This is why we. Yeah, this is why we open the tab. I thought it was like 52. I think right, it was like Dave? right above 50. Great, this is pre-pro numbers, so subject to change, not a lawyer, etc. Uh, and it had, this is the performance. Oh, see, and they don't list. So all we know is it was, yeah, okay, all right, here we go. It was 53-210. It had illuminated kick plates. Okay. Which, like, that's Sure. I get, okay, yeah. <laughs> How much do they charge for that? 100 bucks. That's eh, not that bad. I yeah, guess. BMW will charge you like nine hundred. Yeah, so like, right. I guess that's yeah, not terrible. Depending on the car, I was like the X7. I saw that on. So yeah, copy up. Yeah, premium two tone paint. That was paint was really nice. Twelve ninety five, and it was all thirteen hundred dollars were in that paint. Yeah, no, it it was it was good paint. I, I actually I'm really not a fan it. of the black roof, but that's their paint quality is actually really good. Yeah, that paint looked really really good. It was a deep yeah. blue. I really liked it. Yeah, but yeah, that's why I'm saying like it's great to have the context of the base car yeah that's fair. um you know i mean like that's what because that even like as someone who's supposed to be really objective is what got me so interested in the si and why a year almost like more than a year later actually i got the i got the google photos notification the other day mm-hmm. um right next to the photo Jeez. of my ex-girlfriend relive <laughs> that one um <laughs> Dude, that the memory <laughs> shit is ruthless. It doesn't. It doesn't it's care, not dude. nice. It's like, hey, <laughs> you want to remember something you never wanted to think about ever again? Well, here you yeah. go. Yeah. Just so you, you know, you haven't deleted you this yet. Pressing this, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. It's time to bring yeah. that back up to the top here. Um, but like, I got yeah, that was a year ago, and the reason I'm still talking about that car is because of what it was as a base model and what it offered you can add some little cool hot boy shit to that car but fundamentally yeah. at a base price that's what made it so attractive yeah because the base and... is what 40 something 40 no si what oh sorry they were talking, talking about the z still my bad we can well, well, well this is we're getting there by way okay. of the si gotcha you know that 29.9 dude yep. like a base z is 40 but you don't get that diff and from the people that i've talked to you might want that diff and what a lot the general kind of journalism consensus here 
is that if you're not really going to touch your new Z, you should spend the money to get the diff. Yeah. If you're if you're putting together a loan and you're going to modify this thing and you're scraping the barrel and remortgaging shit to get into a Z, which you absolutely shouldn't do because it's a Nissan yeah. and it will depreciate. Yep. Uh, you I know, agree. like you sh- you should get the base and just and like put in your own diff or do coilovers or do something to make up that little that little bit. I you know like you're not the most um, switched on guy when it comes to that kind of stuff you don't you know like you don't have the wheel time that i have and you commented on the way the diff felt in that car yeah you know so like in that car at least having that contrast would be really nice yeah so i i think that what brands should be doing is here here's the journo spec and here's the poorhouse spec yeah no that's fair and and you can you can maybe you know and this affects turnaround times and ad revenue and blah 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 but in a perfect world we should get to do both. Yeah. Bentley actually did a great job of that. Who? <laughs> Bentley. Oh, <laughs> of all yeah, people. Yeah. Bentley did a really good job of being like, this yeah. is the this is the base EWB, and then this is the crazy one. Yeah. With the champagne fridges and the blah blah blah. Bentley did a I gotta job I gotta wonder, dude, how many of those people or those buyers are actually buying the champagne fridges? I just I, I wanna know. Oh, I wanna, I wanna ask, ask a Bentley rep and be like <laughs> Hey man, I just... will. No, I shouldn't DM. That's me. is that number um, in the hundreds? Is it in the thousands? I don't know how many. Of those I really would like to know the take rate on the options because they would... told us. Well, they told us the take rate on like the extended wheelbase, which is pretty big. Well, yeah. It if you're already gonna spend that money, thirty-five. I, I would get the. Ten. I would get the extended. At that well, point. you gotta remember that that's captain's chairs, and there's no third row in some of them. So who cares? I'd... Well, do people like buy this as like a car? That's the weird. That's why the Bentayga is so weird. Is people buy it? Yeah. I, you've seen there. I've seen like dirty old Bentaygas in, which is such a weird sentence. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen quite a few Bentaygas just driving around. Dusty you know. as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Around, I guess now that I think about know, it. Yeah. Yeah, rolling around Cherry Creek Mall, like. Dude, not even dude. I saw one where I live. Oh, you in twenty five? Not even yeah. that. Well, not really where, but on my way back to my house, which is not like I live in some super high income area. Um, you know, but you see him, I mean, yeah, even in Denver, exactly. which is not said, historically known for having cars like that. You know, well, I did, I did see a Ford GT at cars and coffee yesterday. Yeah. But that's not a cars and coffee. That's different. That brings yeah. people into that, you know, yeah. seeing them yeah. on the road or whatever. That's different. That was a good cars and coffee, by the way, Haggerty. That was Haggerty that put that one on. Oh, one nice! Person. I didn't know that. I thought it was yeah, just like a little thing. thing. Yeah, no, that was a Haggerty thing. Um, because they own everything now. Do they? No. Well, them and Hearst. Yeah, but uh, the more things change. Uh, I don't. Even I don't know. know. I we well, we were supposed to be talking about Nissan, but I feel like we've kind of beaten that point in where yeah, it's, no, I the next I really like the... be super formulative, formative for them yeah i just thought it was interesting it was just something i was thinking a lot about the other day and i was like man i I really want well the other thing is that my neighbor has an old uh three zx i saw that yeah it's yeah, beat to shit and i it was is, like it's man, crusty it's if, crusty if that thing was running good you know it was restored someone took care of it dude that thing would be so sick and it's like man nissan usually used to just make the craziest shit and now if, yeah you almost have to like sidebar that part of Japanese automotive history 
when you talk about cars like that yeah because that was economic circumstance that was not really replicated in a whole lot of other places before or since for sure especially technology that was available at the time yeah you could talk about the socioeconomic factors that led to the r32 gtr for two hours yeah 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 i don't know it was just cool i i would just personally i would really like to see nissan come back as a brand um and you know not be the laughing stock of the automotive industry which i feel like they have yeah, been. the means will move on and what they do when that happens yeah i also think that a part of it is they need to clean up their dealership network a little bit um especially when it comes to you know another another big meme and i think dodge might have to face this at some point in the future is a lot of the shady financing practices that have happened um mm-hmm. and a lot of their dealerships mm-hmm. you know there everybody's seen the memes about you know selling you know army recruits fucking challengers at 25 percent interest rates or whatever you know absolutely um, and that needs to change you know and they're not even the only ones i think ford is just as guilty of it especially when it comes to lightning 84 month financing yeah doing or not even 84 is low like i've seen i saw it's a greater trend for sure yeah it's those those financing terms are getting insane um so they that's something they need to address um you know in, in the very they need to address it in the very near future if they're going yeah. to be and i think that's just the car industry in general i think that you know especially as you know buying and selling things has just become so much more digital like you know the car buying that's something that you're, you're you're right about that part of ford but the thing that ford is getting really good at is transitioning into that world they are and i think that honestly i think that one of the things I think you and I actually talked about this one time, but I think I honestly think that Ford, you know, barring any like, you know, a a change in legislation, I honestly think that Ford would get rid of almost every single dealership and just have a bunch of service shops around and they would exclusively do direct to customer. I think they would. Yeah. I mean, with the way that Farley has beat the drum over yeah. the way that dealers have it. Yeah. I Ford. Ford's products now, um, they sell themselves, to be honest. I think they're sustainable as a brand. Um, they don't really need their cars on the side of the road. You know, I mean, they're just so common. Not not that Ford makes, like, some amazing, outstanding product or that they have, um, you know, it's not like they're, like, uh, Mercedes or BMW or anything like that. They're just so common, and, you know, it's, like, America's car brand, you know. So I think that, you know, they would – to me, they'd probably be the very first brand to do it, um, which makes sense. I mean, Tesla's kind of been doing it for a long time, so yeah, with it, mixed success, Rivian too. Yeah, that's kind of been a mixed oh, that's bag right. There. I guess Rivian's doing it now too. Rivian yeah, because yeah, all Rivian has here, dude, is that. Big what does Lucid center. do? What What do they do? Lucid's they... the same thing, direct consumer. Oh, they are okay. Where they can be, yeah, yeah. And it's and that's the kicker is where they can be. Um, yeah, you know, because there's a lot of really aggressive lobbying that yep. prohibits. Um, it's where is it? It's on the it's on the east coast somewhere. Someone right now is losing a, or won a fight in a state. This is so big. I should look this up. Uh, Rivian and or Tesla or both actually they may have been co defendants in this case. Mm-hmm. Won a case on, uh, you know, direct to consumer in 
Missouri, something like that. Missouri, nice. Yeah, I don't know. Nice. I don't know. Some East Coast salt belt. Yeah, you know, gotcha. Yeah. Rust belt, but yeah. Right. Thanks. Yeah. Um, somewhere like that. So I mean, it's that's a huge legislative thing, and we could, you know, like the making that wheel turn is like a, a long, long process. Yeah, it needs to happen though. Um, I. The car buying experience should not, the way it exists now, it just shouldn't. Uh, there's no need for it, to be honest. Um, yeah. I guess I used car that. buying could probably still remain this way, but if you if you have the capital, I think yeah, I, there's car, no way. Um, yeah, used. Well, I've having done it once, I would never buy a used car sight unseen again without, at the very yeah. least, a pre-purchase inspection. No, and I think the, no I way. think that's the and other that's thing not is even that for the kind of car I buy. If my girlfriend wanted to go and buy a car tomorrow, yeah, no way without a pre-purchase. Yeah. You know? Well, the thing is, is like now you have like I bought my car at Echo Park, um, you know, which is not affiliate. You know, it's a dealership that's not affiliated with any brand. They're you know whatever. They just sell used cars. That's what they do. And it's a, you know, I had a good experience. My sales guy was nice. You know, the, I mean, I was pre, uh, pre-qualified, not pre-approved. Um, so I already had financing before I went there. I knew what my interest rate was. I knew everything. I knew the exact car I wanted, whatever. I made it super easy. But you go into a fucking, you know, a Ford dealership or a Dodge dealership or whatever, you know, one that is affiliated with a brand specifically in its franchise, your experience is going to be very different because, you know, one, they're probably on commission. I mean, not, they're not probably, they are on commission, um, you know, and they will sacrifice. They don't, they don't care what bad decisions you make. Their job is to try to get you to make the worst possible decision you can make that will financially benefit them. Yeah. the most that's just and that's fine that's a sales game and as a consumer you need to be smart enough to you know stand your ground and say no and and you know know what you want and be smart about your purchase but you know i also think that things need to change and you know some people just don't know a lot about cars people are not like us you know and i yeah. think you're probably you know more um you know knowledgeable about a lot of different things but a lot of people are not like this so it's you know, I think especially older people, you know, they might get tricked into some shit, you know, some, some, you know, it's just, I, I mean, anybody that's, you know, financially illiterate for one reason or another, yeah. whether it's due to the decline in their, their mental faculties or, or because they never got that education in the first place, it's inevitable that someone in that, that system is built, you know, in a way that makes it very easy for, people to take advantage of other people because yeah. in capitalism and I think that the sooner that brands start kind of really doing what Ford or, or a lot of these smaller boutique luxury manufacturers yeah. are doing the better. Yeah. And granted these smaller boutique luxury manufacturers are able to do that because they want, they have sold the idea of that experience to consumers, which is another oh, yeah. kind yeah. of game in and of itself. You know, the idea of purchasing the Rivian is uh, very different than the idea you get sold when you go to buy a Nissan with 77,000 a month financing. Um, yeah. And, they, and I think that at that price bracket, a lot of people are willing to have a more unique or different buying experience because that Rivian is not their primary vehicle or maybe not even their, you know, 
not well certainly not their uh first vehicle new vehicle purchase yeah oh for sure i would want to know the numbers on that but i i'm willing to bet that the majority of i would say 95 percent of the people that are buying that's not their yeah and not just to pick on rivian lucid yeah tesla name a brand yeah yeah pick pick a boutique ev manufacturer uh, you know and odds are they're going up mark porsche today you know yeah was like we're gonna do a big you know expensive presumably very fast luxury electric vehicle and if you want you can have it delivered to a racetrack you know you can you can have your new porsche delivered to a racetrack and people at that price bracket are willing to pay for that different experience that's not going to the dealership yeah and i think that and they also are willing to pay not to haggle more importantly although a lot of people can't afford not to do that yeah yeah that's true. I guess that's one thing, you know, I, I, you may be able to negotiate a dealer. Obviously the past couple of years have not been a good example of that just because the car Correct. market's been so fucking insane. But the other thing, and I watched a video not too long ago and I think it was about uh, somebody went to a dealership that had the new type R there and it was listed. I think it was listed at like 75,000. I think I think I heard this story. Yeah, I think I told you about this video that I watched. It was somewhere in California, but yeah, this this dealership. It was like they had a black Type R listed for seventy five thousand. I think the the MSRP on that or the Monroney <laughs> for that one was like fifty something, uh, maybe a little bit more than that. But anyway, they had a huge markup for the car, which makes sense. The car had just come out, whatever. Highly, uh, you know, there's a lot of hype around the car. Anyways, yeah, anticipated. the guy, you know, went in there, talked to the whatever, the person that worked there. They wouldn't let him test drive it because they had so much interest in the car and, you know, whatever, didn't want whatever. Fine. That's probably, and that is probably their only allocation on top of that. That dealership. It probably is. And to be honest, I don't blame them for not wanting on the test drive thing. Yeah. I don't blame them because if they, if that person, you know, if whoever they let test drive, it ends up crashing that car, whether it's, it's a massive risk or not, for your business. Yeah. I don't blame yeah. them at all. All the attention that they have goes away immediately or almost all of it. But anyways, one of the things that he brought up in his video is the funny thing is, is cause he went, he got the financing or not financing, but he like the monthly payment schedule, whatever, you know, they did like a pre qualification, you know, so you can see your interest rate or whatever. And, um, he was like, you know, if you only look at the monthly payment, they will fuck you every single time. Oh, okay. Because he was like, you know, if I didn't, if, if I didn't know better and I didn't look at why they were charged or what the breakdown of that $75,000 is, then if I would have gotten screwed, cause I would have been like, Oh, well I can afford, you know, whatever, six, $700 a month or however much money it was like with the trade in and, you know, down payment and all that, whatever. And, you know, if I can just afford it, then why not do it? But a lot of people don't realize that dealerships you know, especially with new cars or some new cars, they'll completely fuck you with all the add-on dealer options they do or, you know, whatever. And they'll just build it around so that you can afford the monthly payment because that's all they care about. They just want you to comfortably get into that car and drive away and then pay whatever financial institution or their yeah. financial institution that amount of money every month. It's the, the, the uh, Bill Burr makes the argument about cruise ships. It's the same argument. It's people yeah. that want to go. Can I? He says, "Can I put that money 
or that? Can I put that number on that piece of paper and not have to think? Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like, <laughs> it turns out taking a cruise is a lot like buying a new car from a dealership. Dude, the cruise, the cruises are so funny. And that you'll feel very isolated and, and probably quite bored after a few days. Yeah. I mean, you're in the middle of the fucking ocean. You know, it's not like you can get off the boat and go or do something. Or the highway. Or the highway. You can't get, you right. can't get out of the car right. and do something. Yeah. So, you, you know. have to take the car or the cruise to where you're going to do the thing. Yeah. Because the infrastructure surrounding this whole thing sucks. Yeah. Cars are just like cruise ships, really, if you think about <laughs> it. They're prohibitively expensive. They're often quite gross, and there's nasty things that happen inside them that you don't want to yeah. know about. The yeah, companies behind them are questionable have, at best. Absolutely. And if you have food in there, it's extremely questionable. If you're <laughs> yeah. in a cruise ship or in a car, you have hit a point in your life. It's a watershed moment. There's yeah. a line that Drinking in your car and drinking on a cruise ship, <laughs> also fairly similar. Yeah. Uh, you're going to feel ashamed after. Um, and, you know. And you see. might get arrested if you do it too much. You might. You might. <laughs> Yeah. Cars are just like cruise ships. Yeah. It's a good analogy. Yeah. Cars that's are... our hour. Yeah. <laughs> if you take away nothing from that's this conversation, please take away that cruise ships the, are the exactly cars are like, like cars. <laughs> Jeez.